To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just hate the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 62, which will always be near and dear to my heart. This is a very, very, very special episode because we're not recording with just me and Carlos anymore. So I'm hitting a round of applause to welcome in the legend himself. We're completed right now. We're the big three. He's back in the building. That's Ramon, man. Welcome back, brother. Welcome back. We missed you, man. We missed you, bro. We happy to have you back. And I'm sure yeah. the listeners happy you back as well, man. What's been up? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad to be back, man. Once again, I just want to say, you know, like I've told y'all off air, man, I appreciate y'all holding it down for me. Um, everybody kind of knows that, you know, I've been walking through a difficult situation um, with what occurred in my life um, personally. And so I had to just take a whole hiatus, kind of take away um you know and step away from some things but i knew that while i was out i knew y'all were gonna hold it down i knew that y'all had me 100 percent and so you know i was listening to the pod seeing how things have been taking off even you know in my time and my absence and all of that man and so i'm really fired up you know ready to get going again and at first i was thinking to myself man do i even know how to pod anymore but then i was like man i'm oh. just gonna be kicking it with my bros you know we just gonna be running it or whatever so Ain't no, there ain't nothing I gotta figure out again. I'm just about to jump right back in here. Hey man, in pre-production, you seem a little sharper than me. I'm like, man, I'm on my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I had an advantage, and you like, you come right back, don't miss a beat. But yeah, That's man, how it is man. We we just brothers running it, bro. Yeah, I'm happy you back, man. Hold on, let me let me one more time. We got drops now. If you didn't heard, man. I, <laughs> I think this one appropriate right here. Yeah. Yeah, you back, man. Back like four or five, man. Yeah. Yeah, don't play trash like Jordan did, though, when he came back. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But yeah, Los, man. Los in San Antonio, man. He on too, man. What's going on, bro? As always, my brother, you know, ready to do it, ready to rock it. 6'2. Man, 62, man. We building, we building this thing. Yeah, we definitely building this thing, man. Los, we, Ramon, we met a couple friends while you was away, but, you know, it was just a filler for you, man. We got it back, though. Uh, we appreciate everybody for holding it down and all the supporters and listeners. Make sure that you enjoyed our Peanated Benchwarmers podcast. You're telling someone about it. And make sure that you're following us on O underscore Benchwarmers as well as following us on – give us a like on Facebook, Opinionated Benchwarmers. Uh, we got shirts and hats on the way, so be on the lookout for that as well. And, I mean, that's it, man. We're about to get into it. Oh, also, make sure that you subscribe to Opinionated Bench Warmers podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you like listening to your podcast. We surely appreciate it. So we back, noise. We got we got real live sports. I mean, the major leagues came back. We'll start with them first since they came back first. I know no one cares about. I mean, people care about it. I'm not gonna do that to them. But it, outside of the main three sports, you, oh, two sports, you know, basketball, football has taken a leap ahead of baseball. But it has come back, and it seemed like they've had some COVID issues amongst their players. With players, more specifically, Miami Marlins had at least 16 plus. I think got up to 18, including coaching staff and players testing for COVID. And now people are speculating that the MLB may be in trouble as far as finishing this season. They cut down their season from uh, 3,000 games to 60 <laughs> to 60 games. But no, I'm joking. I'm joking. They cut it down from like what? How many games they used to play? 150. 162. 162. They cut it. The, they cut it from 162 to 60. And it, it's not looking good, man. They're having to cancel games because you know either multiple players are, are testing positive. I saw the other day. That um, the Blue Jays, I think, had to cancel a game. I know the Marlins, their their season so far has been canceled, at least until they can get the COVID cases in in check. So, do you think? My question to you guys: Do you think that these guys are going to finish the season? <laughs> Simple as that. No, that's a good question, my brother. I don't know, but I'll tell you this: I don't think they will, because I mean, I don't know what what type of protocols they have in place um, and looking at how things are really going with them, you know, it seems like they're not doing maybe not enough testing. You know, one thing that difference in between what's happening with them and what's happening with the NBA is the NBA is testing every day. You know, they're in a bubble. Oh, it seemed like he got froze yeah. there, Ramon. He, He's going to yeah. come back, though. I know he's going to come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can go ahead. Nah, I'll I jump right in, man. Like he was saying, you know, the NBA is in a bubble. So, you know, you can have conditions that are just more closed and more controlled, and you can make sure that people aren't, you know, going out and dealing with all these different people and potentially catching it here and there because everyone is confined into that particular area. And so, you know, just understanding, you know, the MLB, I don't know how they really thought they were going to make this work, being able to go city to city and play in all these different places. Like, really, it's being shown by the NBA, by even NHL and all these other different leagues. Like, a bubble is the way to go at this particular point. So, uh, I really don't understand how the MLB thought that this was going to be okay. And I think at some point they may have to pause the season and resume at another point. Uh, so I guess to answer your question, I'm gonna go out and say, nah, they're not gonna finish the season. I'm okay, just go out and you say, got the same take as Stephen A. Stephen A. said the same thing. Yeah, I kind of like your uncle a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I feel like the NBA had the benefit of fi- finishing 80 percent of their season before they had to go into pausing the season. I feel like the NBA uh, put themselves in a great position, but I will say this, and it brings up another conversation. And that is that the NBA and its leadership under Adam Silver wins again. They was in a situation where in March they stopped the season. And when they even thought about coming back, they said, okay, we coming back in July, which gave them at least about uh, four months, four months to prepare. And it gave them one, two. Yeah. (laughs) It gave them four months to prepare and, they did an excellent job, as we're seeing now, that the NBA 240-plus players are testing. 
No, no positive tests since July. I mean, it, I mean July twentieth. So the NBA really set the mark, and they are they continuously set the mark, even with that diversity. You know, jumping on board with the Black Lives Matter, letting players wear messages, sentimental messages on the back of their jerseys. They setting the tone, man, and and they following suit. And I think Adam Silver may have taken a taken a a leap forward and and you know finishing the job of progressing the NBA, whether with the TV deals, with everything. He's just you know for the longest the major league has been America's favorite sport, but I'm not sure if we're able to say that anymore. And now you know I we know that the U.S. has turned into an NFL and football country, but the best basketball in the NBA is not too far behind. So the way that they handled it with the bubble and, you know, the, the millions and millions of dollars that they put into renting out that facility and making sure that it's safe for their players to continue that season, it's great. And, you know, I was kind of scared because I watched the TBT tournament. Ramon, I don't know if you got a chance to check that out, you know, for desperate sports fans out there. <laughs> but it was actually good basket. It was a good brand of basketball, like I was telling Carlos. And Carlos ended up enjoying it. I thought I was tripping at first. But, I mean, maybe we were a little – you know, desperate for sports. But, you know, even their setup I thought was good because they kept everyone safe with their protocols with the COVID. But not only that, but the presentation of the game wasn't that bad. But when you look at the NBA in the, in the first four days that we've seen so far in the bubble, it's really been enjoyable to watch. It doesn't really feel like you really don't notice that there's no fans in the stands. So I think they did really a good job. And I think, again, just like Major League, they, just three years ago they, they implement reviewing with cameras like how long has that been a part of sports and you're just implementing that so it just it just shows that they are far behind the curve and again they're getting it wrong and like you said Ramon it's just too many games too many moving parts you know I, I feel like if they weren't gonna have a bubble they should at least have four bubble locations that may have worked you know but I don't you know then again it's 60 games so you know, who who knows if they could have got that done. But, again, I think the major league has found themselves behind, and they're at risk of losing losing a lot of games and a lot of money. You know, you saw uh, Mookie Betts just signed a huge deal. They're still signing these huge deals despite this pandemic, and they don't even know if they're going to finish this season. Yeah, man, I agree with you, bro. Like, you know, before I cut out here, you know, a little technical difficulties. But um, I think, you know, you got to have a better plan in place. And I say that, you know, lines with the NFL. I feel like the NFL had the longest time to prepare for this. Yes, right? they yes. had the longest time. And I feel like they are just kind of like, all right, we're just going to go and do this. You know, they just don't feel like they were prepped enough until these NFL players really came out and they went on that tweeting storm of, hey, you know, we want to play, but we want some safety measures in place before we come out and play. You know, I just feel like they could do a better job. Like, I feel like the NFL is going to be in the same situation. They're going to try to push the play. But you got to think about it. Baseball is a sport, right? A sport where they're all spaced out and they're all, you know, playing in a spaced out situation, right? They're not necessarily on each other, have to touch each other per se. You know what I'm saying? And you think about um, basketball, obviously, you know, they're close, but, you know, and touching each other and sweating and all that stuff. But football, it's a contact sport. You gonna have to touch. You gonna have to be in somebody's face. It's the probably the sport one sport you don't want to play in a pandemic. You know what I'm saying? With everything going on with germs, dirt, all that stuff that kind of helped you know spread the virus or whatever. So it's like you will feel that they've had the longest prepare for this. That they will have a better plan in place. My thoughts was, and you know I don't know if this has been said before. They probably they should have just probably rented an island 
or something like that, you know? Yeah. They got uh, the money. <laughs> they got the money. Rent an island and, you know, just get through this season on an island. I don't know how that looks and yeah. what the protocols would be and how many stadiums. Or what about that stadium in Hawaii that they had that they used to play the the uh, years back? They used to play the Pro Bowl at. I mean, that stadium yeah, I'm sure is still there. It probably would have needed renovations, but I think it's suitable, you know, like you said. But, you know, the thing that bothers me the most is that the NFL and its arrogance, I don't know if it's arrogance with them that we, you saw what was going in March. Your season doesn't start until – September, so that's five months. You got five months yeah. to, all right, we need to send a crew to this yeah. stadium and have these renovations so we can have games. We need to figure this out. It's like the NFL, everything's going as planned. We're not too concerned about it. And they, they still taking that approach. And the only thing that we've gotten out of this is that they're going to be testing. Yeah. I mean, that's the basics of it, right. you know. And I think ultimately, like we kind of been saying, that this just comes down to leadership. And this, once again, shows that Adam Silver <clears throat> is the best commissioner in sports and is not even close at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, the NBA is the most well-run league at this point. And the thing is, you know, like we all, you know, have business backgrounds, too. So we know sports, but we know business as well. And we know how important leadership is to organizations. And so you see just how you were talking about the MLB lagging behind you see the NFL just thinking that they can go with business as usual. That's what puts you in tough spots. Blockbuster thought they were going to be around forever, that people were just going to be able to go out to the video this boy, store pod, boy. and go and rent DVDs, Ooh. have a family experience. And what happened? Netflix came. You had Redbox came. They disrupted the market. They came with something that was relevant for that particular time. And now they're the ones that are sustaining because their leadership was able to do something that was relevant for the time and see the future. Uh, that's what the NBA is hold doing. Up, hold up, the Lose, NBA, don't, hold up, Lose. Uh, Go ahead and finish your point, man. You bro, look at sorry. the MLB and you look at the <laughs> NFL, and to me they're looking like Blockbuster right now because they want to just keep going with the status quo and not adapt to the times. They're boy potting. Hold on, man. When I come back like George, <laughs> man, it's four five. It ain't to play games with you. Man, that boy pot, man. I don't even. I don't know how I can follow that up, Los. You go ahead, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I think that's that's he nailed it, bro. Like, if you really don't get with the times, you know, it's just really right now. If somebody, the only thing that NFL really have on their side is the history, you know, and that's what they're kind of falling on. It's like we got the history. We've been good, and people love our product. You know, yeah. that's only gonna last and, so long. And that's what happened to baseball, bro. That's what happened to baseball. It's like it's like Ramon said. That's an excellent, excellent comparison. It's it's just like blockbuster. You know, we know the Friday night ritual. Daddy, you get out of school, you go get your snacks, go get something to eat. Daddy, take you to blockbuster. You pick out a movie. You, they never thought that that you know kind of that uh I guess that habit would end. But that's what has happened with the majors. Like they've been around for hundreds of years, hundred plus years, and they have so much history. They thought that that product would just go like it is just going. We we we're the majors. We're gonna we're the NFL. This is gonna work. But you saw Adam Silver saw that this, saw this from a mile away. And even when he was putting together the plan, saying, "I'm optimistically, I'm cautiously cautiously optimistic that this is gonna work." I don't know if it's gonna work because it hasn't it hasn't been done before. You know, just with that type of humbleness. And then you know you got your players. You know you saw the MLB. Uh, their players are, are bickering with the owners. It took them a long time to even come to a deal of how they would come back and resume play or how they would begin to play during this COVID situation. But you look in the NBA, the NBA, they had a, you know, they had a bigs, but 
for the most part, the players are really are on board with what the NBA does. You know, you have your, your you know your bad apples, but for the most part, I think that anybody would agree that the players are on the same page. And I feel like with baseball, it's just they giving out these monster monster contracts. But it goes to show you money is and everything because you giving out these monster contracts, and these guys still complaining. It's a it's a crazy situation, and it's one of those things that, like you said, you know, you've said before, Adam Silver and the NBA did their due diligence, and you see these other leagues, you know, and I'm not saying it's all the leagues because we have other leagues that are doing it the right way, but you see these ones as far as the MLB and the NFL that just think that their way is going to work and it's going to be okay, and that's just not how things are working right now. Like, we understand we're in a pandemic. We understand what's going on. And you have to adapt just like so many other people are adapting. We're all adapting in our daily lives. So what would make you think that as a professional league, as a corporation, you're not going to adapt? Like, that's, I, lack of a better term, I'm not going to even, like, sugarcoat it. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I get you, man. I get you. So we'll see. Hopefully we have a season because we all play fantasy, fantasy football. Yeah. Fantasy football episode coming very, very soon. We might have to push out like two one week and make it a special episode just to give out some fantasy advice this year. But I honestly feel like commissioners are going to be giving that money back because I don't feel like the season's going to end unless they put something in place. But it's just like the NFL is just like Trump. They're just hoping that this thing go away. And this yeah. thing has proven that it's not. So they we got to take the precautions and we, we you got to keep people safe. And you see a lot of players are opting out. You really hadn't had any huge names opt out, which was kind of odd to me. Um, I felt as though there were some cases where some of the guys that were opting out did have health deficiencies, did have newborn child. But some guys, I could see the benefit of them opting out. You do get $100,000 uh, stipend if you do opt out. So, I mean, a lot of those guys ain't making the money that – a Drew Brees making, or Odell making, and it may benefit you if you at the bottom end. Why get hit? You can get a hundred thousand dollars to sit home. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Do you think that a lot of guys are opting out because of that reason, or do you feel as though players are concerned? And the reason why I ask that and why I feel comfortable asking that is just because I see a lot of stores like the the big like I, you know if if Tom opted out, if Carson Carson Wentz opted out, if Drew opted out, Russell Wilson, you know I but. Marquise Goodwin, like, you know, like, no offense to him, but I feel like I've been offending everybody uh, lately on the podcast, but no offense to him, but I'm just like, you know, you're not going to really blink an eye at Marquise Goodwin. So do you feel like, it? you know, some guys strategically using this opt-out to benefit from it, or do you feel like guys are really concerned? I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, you know, you got the back-end players, right, that are probably – Officer linemen, deep linemen, that are heavy set guys, right? That probably like a third, fourth string anyway, you know, on the roster bubble, right? That's probably not even making that much anyway, you know, going into the season. Probably not guaranteed that much, you know, you know, based off game checks and stuff like that. So they're looking at this, hey, I'm a bigger guy, you know, and what we've seen obviously with the virus too, you know, it, it doesn't help if you're more heavy set, you know what I'm saying? So I would say, you know, they're using this strategically, right? You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to be safe at home. I'm going to collect this check. And then on the other side of it, too, it's like, yeah, if you do have a pre, the you know, the preconditions or whatever, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't knock anybody that's opting out for this at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, protect you, protect yours. 
and how you feel. Like, we don't know these people's situations, you know. For myself personally, like, right now, my mom, she has uh, autoimmune, you know, disease right now. It Right now, that's the, the scariest thing. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, boom, you know, be professional, you know, do what you got to do. But she has been locked down, not going, we're not doing nothing. And so I get it. You know, you about to be out there tackling people. You about to be in people's face. They about to be grieving. I know they talk about new face masks that they're going to give them and stuff, but is that going to protect them? Probably not. You know, let's be honest. So it's like, you know, protect yours and do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? And try to get through the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way as well, man. I feel that everybody kind of has to um, evaluate and see kind of a, I hate to say risk reward because it's not, I don't want to even put like a reward type thing on this, Um, but kind of got to weigh the cost, the opportunity cost of it basically. Um, Some people may feel that, you know, I'm stepping away from a ton of money. You know, I'm one of the big, you know, ones that make the 20 million per year or something like that, you know, and so some of them, you know, may feel like, you know, this doesn't outweigh it as opposed to if I have a smaller contract and I do have this risk, maybe you know, that, that reward isn't as great, you know, me playing. Uh, but like you said, you know, I respect anyone's position on it. You know, y'all know that this is a very, you know, personal uh, thing even for me. So, like, you know, I definitely understand if someone feels that, you know, opting out is the best decision for themselves, that they feel like them opting out too could have, you know, an impact on their family. You know, by all means, man, you got to look at that even as the bigger picture, man, because at the end of the day too, um, when you in certain situations, even the situation I find myself in, man, you see that, you know, the, the money, the all the different things, man, don't at the matter. end of the day, it's, it, it don't matter. You know, it's it's not worth it at the end of the day. So um, I respect any decision that anyone makes if they feel like it's the right decision for them to go out there and play. You know, if they're taking the necessary precautions, that's great. If you feel that, hey, this isn't for you, um, then, you know, I definitely don't mind anyone stepping away. But I do think that, you know, people are weighing that, like, you know, back to your question, Rob, I think that people are weighing that and deciding that, you know, maybe for me, maybe I'm not the the one that makes 20 million. Maybe I only make this amount. So if I can make close to what I typically make and not have to play, then at the end of the day, I might as well do that. You know, some people may feel like I got to make this amount of money to, to feed my family or to take care of my extended family. And if that's what they have to do, then that's what they have to do. So. You know, for me with this situation, it's kind of whatever you feel is kind of the best thing for you. And if you feel like that's beneficiary to you, then, hey, by all means, do it. I think you you guys are right. I think it's, it's just a matter of case-by-case basis. It's no way to prove any of this. If you yeah. feel uncomfortable with it, then by all means, don't play. But on the other end, I think that guys like out of Odell, you know, you never heard out of mumbling that he would ever not play this season. If there's going to be a season, he's going to play. And you got guys like Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees. And, you know, these guys, you know, Michael Tomlin is like, they want to play. They they, they want to yeah. compete. They want to play. And I admire that a lot as well because I love competitiveness. You know, yeah. we can't be Kobe fans if you're not a fan of competitiveness. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, to each his own. You know, I, just like I said, I found it out that it wasn't really any big names that, that yeah. really kind of opted out. It, it was just a, a select few of guys that you might have, may have heard before. So, Right. It goes back to the, the point where, too, is I think a lot of guys right now think the deadline is like Tuesday or Wednesday, this upcoming week, to opt out, right? 
it hasn't been necessarily set yet. So, but reports that I'm reading that the deadline is Tuesday or Wednesday this week to make a decision on if they want to opt out or not. But I think a lot of guys are waiting to see what type of protocols are they going to put in place before they decide. They're like, hey, if they're going to do more, if not, okay, I'm opting out. If they're not, you know, some of these guys are paid already. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these guys are like sitting on money already. They're just like, cool. I can sit out a season. My body can need the, need the rest anyway. You know what I'm saying? I can sit out a season. Well, we've seen that before in the NFL where players sit out a year, let their bodies rest, and then make a comeback. So that it's not, you know, out of the – the norm for that to happen so i can definitely see some guys you know we see some more bigger names kind of opt out within this next week or so so yeah yeah well i think it was i think it was interesting you know not that you meant to like group these guys together but the ones that you mentioned in the tom brady's and the odell's and uh mentioning drew Brees, michael thomas to a, a lesser degree i feel like they all have something to prove this upcoming year too like tom yeah, is do. going to a new setting you know, like he wants to play. He got skin in the game because it's like he want to show, okay, I didn't just do this under Belichick. You know, Breeze got to still prove that, hey, I can go on, on the stage, you know, and get it done again and then try to, you know, reclaim the, 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 his his good reputation again. Odell kind of had a He owes us, too. After those you know, comments was, and after, uh, after, uh, after those comments, he deserves to deliver a Super Bowl <laughs> to the city. Right. Watch, though. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say all that. that that's lows that came with the watch talk, bro. That, that's lows that came with the watch talk. I can't, I, I can't I be mad. It's interesting that you mentioned all names that to yeah. me they all have something to prove. To, to refute, I agree with you, Ramon. That's a great point. And to refute against Carlos, I agree with you. From week thirteen to playoffs, Drew Brees is trash. Like his arm is tired. I don't know. <laughs> he has a noodle arm, like he is, but. You know, I mean, we only went thumb injury away from uh, James being in that thing. <laughs> Blind James. Nah, but I like James, though. I ain't going to do that. Man, y'all got to laugh or something, man. Y'all be having me no. cracking these no. jokes or something. I, like, and these guys I, listen I, to I, this. I, 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 I got to clear it up for the listeners, bro. So I did laugh, but I just muted my mic to get a sip of water. I'm just be honest with you. <laughs> I, was, I okay. was trying to get a sip of water, and then you said that. Most like, muted, man, too. I, I didn't seem like I left him hanging, so, bro, I did laugh at your joke. Now I'm just I saying, I didn't, but, um, they they happen to listen to this, and then they hear me making a joke, and they're like, man, forget <laughs> that dude, Rob, man. The other two guys, cool, but forget him. We're going to start putting the crickets behind you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, Los was laughing. He just had his mic on mute. He was laughing. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, yeah, so let's shift to the NBA. That's been huge. We have four games. Our Lakers didn't play two. Um, I guess that's the biggest thing. I mean, we are Lakers fans, but we're not being biased because we are number one in the Western Conference finals. Uh, I mean, not Western Conference. And we are playing, we play the Clippers, which, you know, is a lot of people's favorites to win it all. Did y'all get much out of that game without Montrez being there and without Lou Will? Uh, me personally, I didn't get, I got a bit much out of it. And, yeah, I say it on the air. I'm a Lakers fan, but it's my job to get on here and be objective. And what I saw is that they're going to be a nightmare matchup-wise for us. Lou Will, that, Lou Will and Montrez, that's, that's 40 points that wasn't there. <laughs> so, you know, uh, what I learned, too, is that Paul George ain't come to play with nobody in this bubble. 
and he's playing much like Indiana Paul George, which is scary because Thunder Paul George was third in MVP voting. So to see Indiana Paul George come out, you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of scary, man. And and but you know, another thing I got out of it is just that the the Lakers we we, we lack shooting on the outside. Uh, I think that we're gonna have to. Either Jr. is going to have to, you know, get more minutes. Hopefully, by the time the playoffs come, by it. But um, I think that. But ultimately, I think that these two teams, you can clearly see, are on another level than the rest of the league. These two teams are the elite. You saw the elite of the elite compete there. You know, from even you know Patrick Beverly, you know, and uh, he can do more than just play defense. He can shoot threes too. <laughs> So we 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 not about to talk of Patrick Beverly offensive no, game. No, no, I just I, no, I listened back. What happened was I listened back to the last podcast and I like it was terrible. Like I was like, what is his name? Like oh, the dude look, that played since defense. We about, since we talking about Pat Bev though, bro, did y'all see his little index notes or whatever sticky notes he had? And one of them about stuff he was gonna do in the bubble was dominate on offense. Did y'all see that? No, I didn't see no, it. No, I missed that. Yeah. So when you said that, it just made me think about that. He's been like, doing man, well, man. though, man. He like even with the when they played the Pelicans the other night, he he was knocking them down, bro. Now he's shooting it well. Yeah. I give you that. He's shooting it yeah, well. Yeah. So I so I, I mean that's what I got out of it. But I do think that that's that's gonna the table is set. That's your Western Conference Finals. If that's the Western Conference Finals, that's all you as a basketball fan in general outside of your fandom of your team. That's what NBA fans, that's what we need right there, man. The Clippers right. versus the Lakers in the conference finals, bro, because that, that is just it. I mean, just that was the probably one of the best basketball games I've seen in a long, long time. Just pure, great basketball. And, you know, I don't think that you're going to get that type of basketball if you had any other matchup. So I hope that that's the conference finals. But that's what I got out of it. Y'all had a floor. Yeah, so – um one is, yes, the Clippers are real deal, you know, and I'm trying to take everything with a grain of salt because, again, these teams haven't been necessarily playing these games, you know. It's their first, both of their first games. Before the season stopped, though, I will say the Lakers did beat the Clippers at full strength. You know, they had everybody at the time. So, you know, it is possible to beat them. You know, they did beat us twice before then this year in close games. So every game has pretty much came down to the end in those crucial possessions. So – I definitely see it being them and being the Lakers in uh, obviously the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, I think it's going to come down to those close games. Who can close, you know? And that scares me because we're not the greatest free throw shooting team, you know? And I was going to tell you guys this earlier was that I I worry about us closing close games because we're not the greatest free throw shooting team, you know? And that starts with our best player. Yes, he can get to the line, you know, but, you know, he can be inconsistent from the free throw line. So that worries me, too, when it comes down to those close games, which has shown that we're going to get in close games with the Clippers, and it's going to come to those close games with the Clippers. We have yet to blow them out. That's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? That This team is, is scared because they've only been playing together for, you know, eight, nine months. You know what I'm saying? And they're already clicking. They're already a gritty team. They're a well-coached team. They're a defensive-minded team. They have Kawhi, who's a player that's just he is lethal from mid range, and then you like you said, Paul George is playing out of his mind right now. Paul George before Filthy. the season ended had Filthy. a shoulder injury, 
his shoulder injury really what hampered him. Now he's fully healed, and that's no longer an issue. And you can tell how he shoot the ball. Yesterday, how he shot the ball, shot the ball against the Pelicans, it wasn't even a game, man. Mm-mm. Like, it was disgusting. Like, I couldn't watch it. It was just like... The only reason he stopped is because they took him out. <laughs> right. He, he was just shooting it and, like, just running. Like, he just knew it was going in. Like, that is... You know, and I know they were taking contested, out contested, Los. Contested, like, yeah. You know, it's nothing you like. Lonzo was contesting him very, very well. Yeah. That step back corner three, that's not an easy shot. Right. And, and Kawhi is just quietly in the zone too, man. Like his offensive arsenal. I mean, I this I guess this is the first time in a while that I've been able to just sit down and just evaluate Kawhi. Man, his he got a lot in his arsenal. As a as a pop, as a small forward, and I, I mean, then we not we not even mention their defense, bro. Like you got two of the best perimeter defenders in the league. I mean, you saw what they did to JJ, made him a non factor. JJ had twenty one against us. He had what he had eleven against uh against uh the, the Clippers. I mean, I I mean I just don't you know even Bi Bi was a non factor, which I kind of figured because Kawhi you know Bi got to put on some more weight. But yeah. B.I.'s really good, but he's got to put on some more weight compared to Kawhi Paul George. But, I mean, and then you mentioned it, bro. Lou Will and Montrez Howard, they don't even have a front court presence right now. You know, that's why partly A.D. is a top two player in the league, in my opinion. But I think he dominated the way he did against them is because Montrez was not there. Mm, nah, I, okay, I mean, okay, that's. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. AD giving any of their any of their front court buckets, even including Montrez Harrell. Uh, Montrez Harrell, to me, don't get me wrong. Montrez Harrell can score the ball. He's a he's an energy type guy too. Great rebounder. But I think AD to me, that is where our true advantage would be. I've said in a series against the Clippers, two well, a couple of things have to happen. First of all, AD and LeBron had to definitively be the better duo. They have to. It's no question. Like, it can't be a, this is going to be 100% a tip for tat. If those duos cancel each other out, the Clippers are a better team. I'm just going to be honest with you. They are if those duos cancel out. So, AD and LeBron have to be definitively a better duo. AD has to dominate. They have no answer whatsoever for AD. With LeBron, you see, okay, they can throw Paul George at LeBron. They can throw Kawhi Leonard at LeBron. They can give Marcus Morris minutes at LeBron. So they got several guys and several wings that they can throw at LeBron to kind of, you know, make it a little bit more difficult for him. But for AD, they tried this experiment, you know, a couple of minutes with Paul George. Paul George had one good defensive possession against AD, and then he got cooked. They tried Zubak. You know Zubak going to get cooked. If they try uh, Montrez Harrell, he come out there and play, he going to get cooked. Uh, Marcus Morris, too small. Like, it's no matchup for AD, so AD got to go off for 30-plus every game against Let me say this, though. This is where I think we're going to have trouble. And then you know one thing about the Toronto Raptors is they're a well-coached team, probably the best-coached team with a team that is deep. Probably would you wouldn't look at their roster and say they're the most talented at all, but they're a well-coached team. I think they really gave teams the blueprint to beat us. If you notice from the jump of the game yesterday, anybody that watched the game, they started off with doubling AD. We get shut down from AD, and we not hitting outside shots, and we we over with. It's over. You know, and we shot. We did the worst percent shooting percentage, the worst points all year. Everything, everything was a career low in every game we played this year because they started off the game doubling AD, and that really 
really just that shut us down. Like we have never had nobody come out. And, yes, AD has been doubled throughout the year, but they really made it in their mind that we we're going to take the ball from AD's hand. So whatever adjustments that were going to have to happen, because that's going to come in the playoffs. I'm telling you right yeah. now, that's going to come in the playoffs. Teams are going to do that to us. They saw that game, that how they dominated us, and I'm hoping Frank Vogel is smart enough to know, okay, this we got to make adjustments. You know, or LeBron yeah. is looking at us, okay, I got to go into scoring mode. You know, and that's really what we need. He's still yes. trying to be out there passive yeah. and, you know, be do what all guy. You, we need you to take over now. Yeah. If they're doubling him and you're still on the floor, yeah. there's no way you shouldn't be taking over. So LeBron should really take a lot of that, uh, that ill on his shoulders yesterday, yeah. in my opinion. Like you said, for LeBron, like, if, if they doubling AD, you know, basically that should be easy money for LeBron. Like, that should be barbecue chicken, like they say. Right. I mean, if LeBron has those opportunities, think back. We've been Lakers fans for a long time. So, of course, we know the whole Kobe and Shaq days and all that. You know those moments when Shaq was pushing 350 pounds and nobody could check him one-on-one. When they came and doubled him and Kobe had them one-on-one matchups, what did he oh, do? Man. He cooked them. It was over with. He was aggressive. And so I think you will see that change when the playoffs come. Like you said, I think right now LeBron is kind of getting everybody in the ball, trying to get everybody ramped back up, get back to that chemistry level where they were before the season closed. But just like you saw right before the season closed, when he had everybody else clicking, then that's when he went into that mode against Giannis and he went into that mode against Kawhi. And that weekend where he was really regaining footing in the MVP race, mm-hmm. I think that's the LeBron that you'll see come playoff time. So, you know, like we said, I mean, the Lakers will be there as a contender, um, but I, it, it's going to be a tough road ahead. You got the Clippers that are tough. Milwaukee's going to be tough if you get to Toronto the tough. Toronto playing good basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Hey, I'm a, I can't lie to y'all, man. How things and standards are falling right now, it looks like the Clippers are going to hold on to their number two spot, and it looks like the Mavs are going to get the seventh spot. And, I, oh, my God, I'm hoping the Mavs at least make them go seven games or something. I don't they, see I, it happening. I'm hoping so. Just I don't see it down. happening. Wear them down. I, I, think, I think that'll go like – I think that can go six, though. I think that series can go right. six. So let's because do this, guys. What the Mavs will have to do is they will have to exploit that that Porzingis mismatch. Once again, right. just like – I'm not trying to say Porzingis is AD, so don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah. But just like they don't have a matchup for AD, they won't have a matchup for Porzingis. Right. Luka is going to be – Luka going to be a dog, but Luka going to have a tough series against them because right. they're going to throw Kawhi's way sometimes. They're going to throw Paul George's way a couple of times. Like, they got those wing defenders that's going right. to make it tough for him. But like you said, the Mavs are tough because that Luka and Porzingis pairing, but the way Seth Curry been shooting it and Hardaway is attacking more and able to I, – I like that matchup. So, I'm, I'm with you on that, Lose. I'm then, with you on and that. And then it's like this. I mean, we could lose. We could afford as the Lakers to lose a couple games and still – pick up that one seed. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that the urgency should be there, but, I mean, I don't, you know, it's not like they playing out of desperation. I feel like the Clippers playing like they, they got something to prove. All right, let's shift this conversation because I feel like it's too much Lakers stuff. And I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want people to be like, oh, okay, they, they're biased. But the Lakers are the number one seed, so you got to talk about the best team. So uh, let's kind of shift it uh, to – Who's going to make that eighth seed? You know that, that play-in game with the ninth seed. If you make it to the ninth seed and you're four games back, you, you're awarded a play-in game. You got to beat the eighth seed twice in order to get into the playoffs. Right now, it's not looking good for the Pelicans. Uh, I watched them last night against uh, the Clippers. And, ooh, 
They didn't look too good. They didn't look too good, man. There was the Ric Flair wound. Well, now. Woo! It reminded me of this, man. I, I feel like Gentry didn't say it. But this is how you feel, guys. When he, when it, when he, when it, in the post game, post game interview, I know you wanted to say this. Playoffs? Who talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Playoffs? I just hope we. Yeah, no. he he had to feel that way, man. They looked they looked like they didn't belong on the court with them, and it looked like they was toying with them. The Clippers, I think they set the NBA record with twenty seven threes. Oh, they, they, they were close. I think they were like at 25 or 26. But they set the first half record, I think. And they set they the franchise they record. They, they set the franchise record they for sure. Pulled back. They set the franchise record for sure. But that's franchise not, record. Yeah, that's right. not saying much because they franchise is trash. <laughs> but... Yeah, man, it, it was it was it was leery to see, but I, I brought that up to to bring up this. Who do y'all feel like is gonna ultimately after all of this is over, we're gonna write it down. I'm writing it down so we can talk about it later on for fun. Who do y'all see grabbing that eight seed? Do you feel like the Memphis is gonna keep that eight seed? You feel like the Blazers gonna sneak in there and grab it? Uh, you feel like the Pelicans because they do have the easiest schedule for the rest of their six games, and they they have a lot. They they do play Memphis as well. So, I mean, you didn't even mention the Spurs. So, I think that's the most entertaining part about these this this NBA restart is that AC. Everything else is pretty much setting in. You know, the three and four may can switch if you know something happened drastically. But you know, I think me to me, the Blazers beat Memphis that first game that opened the season up with those two, and that's I was watching that game closely. Um, I don't know if the Blazers can get into enough striking range to take overtake the AC, but I think they will go into their little playoff situation where they have to, uh, you know, the ninth seed have to beat them twice. And I think the Blazers have a good team, a good chance to do that because that, the Blazers, with, they have a scary squad, man. Like, yeah. you know, and, and this is not mentioned and talked about enough, but hats off to Carmelo Anthony, bro. Like, this dude was dead in the water. Nobody really was giving him a shot, and he is playing out of his mind right now. Like, he is playing – he is fitting into a team. You know, how much, you know, slack did he take playing for – who was that? Houston Rockets. You know, he yeah. was pretty much the scapegoat for them when they were failing and they released him, and nobody wanted him. But he is fitting in well with the Blazers right now, and he's putting up points. He's not just on the team. He's rebounding, and he's being a team guy. He's, he is learning his role of not – you know, before the, the stigma with Melo was, you know, not to make this a Melo pop, the stigma with Melo was like, you know, he cannot adjust, right? He cannot adjust and he want to be a ball-dominant guy. Melo is, you know, dishing it, you know, the firm really giving the, the handle to Lillard and standing off in the corner and hitting clutch shots. He hit a clutch shot the other night against Memphis. And I love it, man. Like, so hats off to Melo, man. All right. Ramon, who you going with for that AC? We got the Blazers for Carlos. Yeah, I, I like I actually, that, I'm actually agreeing with Los on this, man. I know for pod purposes, oh. it would have been good for me to go a different way, bro. But I'm going to just be straight up and be frank and honest with it because that's another issue that I have with mainstream media. They try to do all this, you know, this. We uh, keep it 100. Stuff, I, it don't I, even I make sense to just try to get notoriety on it and all that. I'm going to give it real how it needs to be. And so, like, I really agree with the Portland Trail Blazers. I honestly think that out of all those teams that are in kind of that group and they're the most talented team, we know Dame is a killer, man. Dame is a killer. Lowe's kind of really already broke them down, so I don't even have to say too much more. But right. the fact that also they got Nurkic back. Like, oh, they got Nurk. That's, that's huge. That's yes. huge. 
So it's like their complete team, and honestly, you know, not to make this back a Lakers segment, but that's that's the that's a tough matchup for the Lakers. Honestly, I think if the Lakers are looking at it and watching it through their glasses, they hoping that Memphis can hold on to this some type of way. Honestly, because <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers, although I would I would favor the Lakers in that series, the Portland Trailblazers would make some noise in that A spot, man. So I, that's gonna be my pick. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks when I knew that they were going to the bubble. I feel I feel I always did feel like the Blazers uh, this type of game or this type of setting always caters to that gritty tough team, great defensive team, uh, guys that can really score, and the Blazers have multiple ways to score from Melo, like Lo say broke them down, Melo, Dame, CJ, and even Nurkic. So I I feel like this type of environment, this AAU type environment, really caters to their game. So I do have the Blazers making it to the to the. Uh, AC, unfortunately, because like I said, I don't think anybody wants to see them in their first round. But, you know, I think that ultimately, I think that that's what's going to happen because it looks like the Pelicans are on a slippery slope. So I want to transition. So we got all three Blazers. Y'all didn't make that segment fun. <laughs> but we can't be real. the Pelicans, the Pelicans, man. Uh, what do you think, man? Uh, uh, shoot. I, 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 Zion I, left the bubble. And he came back because of family emergencies. He only played 15 minutes in that first game, and I think he only played like 15 minutes last night as well. They really limiting him, and I'm kind of confused by it. And it doesn't make sense. If I'm fighting for AC, seed, I want my best player out there, and I want him to play. And it seemed like Zion was really frustrated with it. If you looked at his mannerisms on the bench, uh, I wish I had. Uh, I wish we had uh, Darnell on the pod right now to, to ask him, you know, what's going on with that, or why they deciding to go that type of way with him. But it's it's you know it's kind of disappointing, you know. And I think that when you look at it, I think Zion is the whole reason why the NBA even invited invited them to the bubble because I think that that was I think the teams that was below them. Even got a pass. I think that the Blazers should thank Zion. I think that uh, the Spurs should thank him because I feel like they, because they wanted Zion to be on TV so bad, and they know he sell tickets, they allowed those lower seeds to get in and and get invited, and that's why we have twenty two teams instead of sixteen. But I, I mean, I look at it. I mean, I think that it's unfortunate. Um, I talked to a couple Pelicans fans, and it seems like they calling for Coach Gentry's head. You know, and I mean, I, I don't I don't really know. I don't really watch them that closely to know. I mean, I watched the, the they first two games of the bubble. They looked deflated last night. And against the Jazz, they looked undisciplined. They had a 12-point lead all through the first half, and then they just they let that lead go and ended up losing by two to the Jazz. And they really, really needed that game. But then you look at Zion on the bench. So, you know, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I think David Griffin might be, you know, looking to get uh, Gentry out of there <laughs> uh, ultimately. Uh, but, but what do y'all so, think about Zion getting limited like that? So, you know, I'll talk on the Pelicans as a whole a little bit. Um, so, one, I would say, you know, they play pretty competitively against the Utah Jazz. And obviously, you know, it came down to Brandon Ingham shooting a shot and they rolled out and they missed that game. So, you know, that could this could all be different if that shot would have went in, right? Because they then, right after that, they faced a mad Clippers team that just lost to the Lakers that know that they have to, okay, come out and make a point. So I'm not just, I'm not, 
I guess I'm not as cold on them yet. I feel like they needed this whooping, right? So what we got with them is they got a beat down. They had a close loss so far in the bubble, right? And then now they, their schedule's about to get easier, you know? Now Zion's minutes about to go up. So I'm not writing them off as dead yet, but it is, they do know that they have less air for Mark, less air now going forward. Um, so I, you know, before this all started, everyone kind of, you know, penciled in, you know, Pelicans getting that A spot. That's what everybody's thought was, you know, and they are a deep team. And I can't lie to y'all, they're a team that I'm afraid of going into the playoffs just because I think they 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 were raised to the occasion. They were they were facing us, especially with all those former Lakers on the team, right? They have something to prove almost. I feel like they will give us a competitive series for whatever reason. I feel like it's gonna be one of those series where we end up winning, but it's gonna be a lot harder than what we realized it was gonna be. So I don't wanna see them, you know, in the AC. But I really think they're gonna this next my prediction right now, how many games they got left? Six? I think yeah. they're gonna go like five and one. I'll okay. say five and one. And yeah. I like I think Zion Minutes is gonna go up to answer your question. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the whole situation with Zion and I know that they they're not trying to ramp him up too quickly, but I feel like I, I know that's their big investment, but I feel like they've been a little bit too cautious with it, and I feel like that has cost them a game at this point. I honestly feel that Utah game, just like Los was mentioning, to me, if Zion continues to play in that game and isn't limited, they don't lose that Utah game. It doesn't come down to me to a final possession and Brandon Ingram having to make a shot at the end. Like I think that they would have decisively won that game. Um, and I, I guess I'm not trying to put too much stock in that anyway, too, because then Utah went and played OKC and got their doors blown off against them. So maybe Utah just really isn't that great right now. But with the Pelicans, I won't just say I think it's easy to point the finger at Alvin Gentry. Like, I think it's easy to make him the scapegoat. But sometimes as a head coach, like you, you don't control that. Sometimes you have people that are overseeing, you know, seeing over the top of you that are really making those decisions and then you afford sure. force to figure out, okay, now I gotta make these rotations work based that boy upon Zion. Man. Yeah, based upon Zion having these you know, this limit that I'm getting from over top of me, then I gotta, you know, change my rotations and make it fit. So I think that it's easy to point the finger as, you know, as fans to just look typically and say, Oh, the head coach, he not playing Zion. He limiting and really I don't think that's coming from Gentry. I think that's coming from the top of the organization. They have all this money invested in Zion. They know that like they Zion needs to have the team for about 15 years or so. And so I think that that's where that's honestly coming from. And so I think that Pelicans fans, I'm not trying to act like Alvin Gentry is the best coach out there, but I think that it's easy to view him as a scapegoat and say, oh, he doing this with Zion. He should be making this decision when I really don't think it's him in the first place. All I got, all I got to say, Ramon, that was a solid point. Man. Hey man, you 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 coming in, bro, with a, with a triple double, man. You didn't miss a beat, man. But yeah, man, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't ever mind seeing the Pelicans fail. So <laughs> uh, let me let me stop playing. <laughs> Come on, oh, man. No, it's no, not. Man. It's not because of. It's not because. Yeah, assistant coach, come on, man. <laughs> right, right. God, I can't do that, bro. I'm gonna take that out. <laughs> they, they about to be in your mentions, bro. No. They, about be, 
They about to be in our comments, bro. You, you done put the target on our back, man. We we had established. No, it's they fans, bro. It's not. It's not. It's not them. I love. You know, I love. I love Zion. I love Lonzo. You know how I feel about Bi and Josh Hart. But it's just the fans, bro. They when we lost yesterday, like I had to hit it, man. Like yeah. even even the fact they got blown up by thirty points, they still found the time. Oh yeah, what happened? What happened? Like whatever. I feel you. I feel you. But we do have love for the Pels, even though they fans. I'm gonna be real too. Sometimes some of they fans that I deal with can be kind of annoying. Yeah, and shout out to Darnell. <laughs> shout out to Darnell, man, doing a good job with the young yeah. boys. But but we do rock with the Pels. We'll whenever all this situation gets settled more, we we may catch a couple of games. Even though obviously we still like this man, so we still know where ultimately our loyalties lie. <laughs> Y'all really cleaned that up quickly. <laughs> 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 nah, man. But uh, I, that's that's good, man. I think that um, I mean I, outside of the bubble and everything, I think that we we got it going, man. We got it covered. We appreciate everybody for listening to us again with another episode. Am I missing anything, fellas, while I wrap it up? Am I wrapping it up on y'all prematurely? Dang, I still like, man, we was just having fun. But, yeah, yeah you just wrap it up on <laughs> No, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> right. but, uh, we got many more coming. We, yeah. co- we covered, we covered uh, what needs to be covered, you know. But, uh, again, shout out to Ramon, man. Where my, my round of applause at, man? Shout out to him for coming back, man. We welcome back. We appreciate you, man, and you know we happy to have you. And I know me and Carlos wasn't used to talking so much, so we so happy. <laughs> we so happy to have you back on, man. Big things coming. The big three is back. We was dangerous with two, but we even more dangerous with three. So welcome back, bro. Hey, um, let the fans know about our pilot episode, man, that we got coming next two weeks or so. Yeah, we got we got a pilot episode coming on uh, on our YouTube, which we will release our YouTube probably in the next week or so. We'll launch the proper term. We're going to launch our YouTube. So we got a pilot episode coming on there. So y'all be able to see our pretty faces. And uh, I'm going to have to start wearing pants when we record. <laughs> No, I'm joking. But yeah, it's uh yeah, we we'll be launching that real soon. So be on the lookout for that. And I hope that when that comes out you will subscribe to that just like you are subscribing to our podcast. Until next time, we out this thing. We appreciate y'all for supporting us and uh like I said, hats and shirts coming real, real soon. So we'll be able to give you the information of where you can pre order if you're really rocking with the gear. All right, we out of here. Later.